All right. Well, happy weekend, everybody. It's the weekend, and uh, what a beautiful weekend it is here in San Francisco. I hope that you're uh, taking advantage and taking the opportunity to get out and about and uh, enjoy uh, the beautiful weather. Um, lots of things happening this weekend. Uh, it's Halloween, and uh, you know these are always a great opportunity to uh, engage in the neighborhood and say hi to people uh, in community and, and find ways just to, uh, to engage. So I hope you do that. Uh, also, it is a new month going into November, so uh, which means that it's a communion Sunday for us. So I hope that you have your elements, or make sure that you your elements so we can take communion together. And uh, also, it's daylight savings. So if you have any of those manual clocks around the house, make sure that you set it back an hour. And uh, also, we are heading into elections this week, and so um, of course, lots of buzz around that. And, you know, uh, even for us, we are a local precinct, so we have to get our garage ready for voters to come in. And, uh, you know, I did want to take some time today and pray for uh, you know, the elections and pray for our president and, and, and just in God's hands. So, you know, a lot of us can feel a little bit overwhelmed and, um, uh, during these times. So we just want to pray and um, trust God. Uh, also, we have been uh, going through our 40 Days of Focus this has been a powerful time for us to be able to talk about or slow down and talk about uh, an area that we need to grow in, an area that we need to develop in. And I know sometimes we can just kind of uh, go through life and we can uh, realize that there's an area of our life that has not been caught up with the rest. It's kind of like an, an area that's underdeveloped, an area of our life that's kind of uh, still a little bit immature and we need to grow in it, you know? Um, and, and so that's kind of what this has been about. I shouldn't say kind of, that's, that is what this is about. For us to just say, you know what? I really need to take some time uh, and to really work on this area, get some traction in this area of my life. And so uh, we, we've talked about this at the beginning, you know, choosing choose something, choose an area you like to grow in. A lot of people have been sharing in our, our Sunday circles and different areas, things that they're, they're, they're working on, they're growing in. And, you know, for me, uh, personally, I needed to take some time to really focus on my morning routine. You know, things had gotten a little uh, just kind of out of hand with how uh, our schedules kind of got changed when COVID hit. You know, when kids came at home and were, I was working late and, uh, you know, having a hard time getting up and drinking too much coffee and all that kind of thing. And so I, I needed to, to cut back on, on coffee and, and figure out how to rearrange my schedule a little bit to make my morning stronger so that, you know, I was going into the day just with, with a lot more uh, clarity and a lot more focus. And so uh, that's what I've been working on, trying to get out and get some exercise in the mornings. And and, and it's been good. It's been hard, uh, you know, of course, because like everybody else, you know, have to build discipline, you know, rebuild a muscle. Um, and I have to work through discouragement. I have to create other habits to support, you know, all, the, all these things. And We've been encouraging uh, folks that even if you take a, a small step, you know, like taking a small step of getting a victory in one small area helps you to build victories in other areas. And so we've just been encouraging everybody to take those, take some small steps. And, and people have. It's been great to hear some of the testimonies and stories about uh, how many different people are just working on some area of their life, growing together, and we've been encouraging and celebrating those little victories that each one of us have had. Where did this, this come from for us? And the inspiring scripture for us is really Paul uh, uh, kind of sharing where he was at, his, 
a place of vulnerability, trying to really to, to focus in and become uh, who God has called him to be. And then he disciplined himself for the purpose of godliness. Here's where it came from in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Here's what it says. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the, as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, I learning in this, as I, was, as I was reading this scripture, I was realizing the importance that if we are going to be disciplined, we have to be amongst other disciples. In the same way that if we're going to be good athletes, we've got to be amongst other athletes. If we're going to be good learners, we have to be amongst other students. And what Paul is saying here is that I don't want to be someone who just preaches to others, and then after that, I, I just become disqualified because I'm not one that's uh, engaged. I don't want to develop others, but not myself be developing. I don't want to teach others, but not be learning. That's what he was talking about. I can find myself being disqualified. He's realizing the temptation to, to become a teacher, but to neglect being a student. He realizes there's a temptation of hypocrisy to come across as someone who is learning, kind of having a, arrived. He's saying, I don't want to just be a disciple maker, but I need to remain a disciple. You know, it's important for us also to resist this temptation to kind of be the expert in the room, you know. But instead, he's encouraging us to remain a student, to be, to be teachable, to be a learner. He's like, I need to continue to be a disciple, focusing on my own discipline, growing myself as well, not just becoming uh, a teacher or a coach or, or a supporter or a helper of other people. You know, if you think about it, you've probably heard this, these terms before, uh, some very applicable. We don't want to become the roofer that has a leaky roof. You know what I mean? We don't want to become the plumber that has a broken toilet. We don't want to become a landscaper that never mows his own lawn. But we, in the same way that we don't want to be a, a reproducer of, of disciples, but not to become a disciple ourselves. What we're basically just saying is if we are people who are teachers, but not growing ourselves, and what we're becoming is a good Pharisee. My pastor used to always say that, uh, you know, you, you can teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Paul is saying here is, I want to reproduce disciples. I want to be a disciple that reproduces other disciples. So we don't want to be people that are just teaching and leading, but ourselves are not growing. We want to be people that are constantly working on our own discipline and our own discipleship process and being amongst other people, not, not teaching and leading and then, and then causing ourselves to be removed and isolated and not growing ourselves. And so that, that's what this has been all about. Hey, let's move forward together. There's four days of focus. Let's talk about areas that we need to grow in and let's move, to, let's move together. So the first thing in our notes is this. Let's grow together. Grow together. Philippians 3.16 says this. But no matter how far we have gone, or how far we have come, or how much we have grown, we must keep on going that way. We must keep on growing. We must keep on moving forward. And let's do it together, having the same things in mind. 
Yeah, that's what Paul's saying. And this part of discipleship, this part of being disciplined, let's go together. And even though we have come so far, and I'm sure everyone who's listening here has matured in some area of their life, has uh, become uh, has become stronger in their faith, has become more like Christ in some way, shape, or form, I'm sure that you have. But no matter how far you've come, let's keep moving. Let's keep going. Let's keep growing, and let's do it together. So I... Um, but but there is a tendency for us to, to think that we've kind of we've 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 grown we've learned we we kind of sometimes stop growing but we have to realize that God has not uh, given us limits so you're not at your limit you're not done yet we don't want to settle for good enough or think that God is done with me but no God has more for us the sky is the limit and we planted some trees recently we moved here and it's been amazing they were little guys when we first planted them they've really developed and grown but i've realized you know what these trees these the sky is the limit for them these are the types of trees that are, that'll, that'll just keep going and we're watching uh we're, we're loving watching them grow the same is true of us we can be like a forest we can we don't want to just be kind of small short you know nobody likes to go to a forest with small short trees we like to go to a forest of large, massive trees like the, the redwoods in, in our area. We love doing that. That can be true of us because we're around each other, supporting each other, connected, and helping each other grow. You know, our greatest wins will be done in a team. Did you know that? Our greatest wins will be done in a team. We all need one another for our development and our growth, and we do it best in community. So no, far, no, no matter how far we've come, we have to keep going. We have to keep growing and building and maturing one another. And there's tons of examples of this, you know, but I'm sure that some of you who have been listening to this who don't connect to all my sports analogies are saying, when is Pastor Noah going to talk about uh, video games? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're not thinking that. But anyway, I decided to come up with a video game illustration. Um, even though I'm not really a video game player, I enjoy watching people playing video games, but I'm just, I've never really been good at it. Um, but uh, I had a friend who told me about a video game that was a, a, a team effort video game. It took a team. I was like, really? Is that a team? Is that such a thing? And he explained it to me. He said, you know, uh, it's like you're in this, this, this video game and you have this certain uh, foe. You know, you have this like person that you, you need to be at the same level that you need to accomplish. But you need a whole uh, community of different players who are playing different roles in this battle. You know, some are the aggressors and some are the healers and some have different gifts and skills and that kind of thing. And you need a whole bunch to, to, to conquer this foe. And it's like what they would do is they play online and everything. And so, you know, everybody would show up at a certain time and they all, you know, try to conquer this foe together. And if someone, you know, people didn't make it, it really disappointed other people because they really needed, needed their help. And I thought, really? That's a, that's a thing? But when I was thinking about this, uh, this analogy, I thought, you know what, that's a lot like you know, the church. God has given us mountains to conquer and foes to defeat that require community, that require us working together uh, for the greater good, to advance together. Yeah, it's, it, basically the, some of the, the challenges that God has us to conquer, we can't do it alone, but we need, but we need, to, we need each other, we need community. And so it's important for us to realize uh, that maturing and growing and being like-minded and doing it together is so critical. So we have to do it together. We have to remember that we, we don't want to remove ourselves, become an expert in the room, and remove ourselves and, and quit and, and stop growing. But we want to stay in community, stay a student, 
and we want to be remain as disciples so that we're all maturing and growing and processed together. And then number two, it's important for us to remain teachable. Yeah, remain teachable. First Peter 5 5 says this: all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor. To the humble, you know, humility is what keeps us learning from others. It, uh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Humility is what enables us uh, to learn from others. You know, if we uh, stop being teachable, then we're not able to receive from the people around us in community. But it's important for us to remain humble, so that we can become, we can be students, we can, and we can become ones who teach. We can become ones that support. We can become ones that help, but we also want to be ones that are learning and growing from the value that each person is bringing in community. So what that means is that we can be equippers as well as ones we need help. That's really the, the beauty of being a part of the kingdom of God. Being amongst other disciples, it creates this an exciting environment of growth. Can you imagine all that people would bring to a community, all the experience, all the knowledge, all, all, the, uh, uh, all the, the, the skill, all the uh, the encouragement, all that what, what people would bring to a community, we have access to that resource. But the number one thing that keeps us from getting all that access of all that resource is our own ability or inability to be taught by others. So it's important for us to, re, to remain teachable. Even though we can become uh, experts in some area, we can, we can grow in some area, it's still important for us to remain teachable, even in the area that we're kind of matured in or experts in. It reminds me of the story of this uh, guy who was actually, he was the founder of, of judo. If you ever have heard of judo, it's the martial art. Um, and uh, his name was Jigoro Kano. And what ended up happening is he was actually the, the founder and he was sort of the, the most highly uh, decorated uh, black belt when it came to judo. And uh, at the end of his life, he you know, had all these, uh, you know, people that he had uh, trained, and even like uh, different classes, mentors, I mean, all the way up. These, you know, all these people built quite the, you know, entity here uh, of judo. And at the end of his life, he insisted that he would be buried with a white belt. And why do you want to be buried with a white belt? All these accomplishments that you have, your your highly decorated, most decorated black belt in judo. Why do you want to, you know, why would you want to be uh, to be buried with your white belt. And he said, because I want to let go of all that I have learned, all the, all the accomplishments of the past, and I want to go into the next chapter, into eternity, as a learner. I want to, I want to start over as a learner. And I thought that was really powerful because it's, isn't it true that sometimes uh, we can have that opposite view of that we want to kind of come across as learned with all of our decorations, all of our black belts, all of our trophies, all of our accomplishments, and kind of be sort of the guru and the master. But we learn something very different from the, uh, the heart of Jigoro Kano. He says, oh, no, there's so much more to be learned. There's so much more that I can grow in, but I have to, I have to kind of get rid of my accolades. I have to get rid of my, all of my accomplishments. I kind of have to get that out of my mind so that I can go back to being a learner, so I can learn from others. And the same is true of us. That's really what Paul is saying, that we don't want to ever graduate from being a disciple or someone who's learning. We don't want to graduate from that. But instead, we want to come at a place where we're always able to be taught. We can always grow. You know, one of my uh, 
favorite, I shouldn't say favorite life coaches, but I enjoy uh, reading life coaches because they're always helping to encourage and, and help other people. But uh, I was reading a, a life coach, it's kind of like the guru of life coaches, you know, he's like one of the top life coaches. And anyway, he was talking about how once he had uh, coached somebody who had kind of like uh, exceeded, excelled, and built a large business, you know, he ended up going back and getting life coached from the person that he life coached. And what, what, I, what I liked about that was that he was always in a process of learning. He was always in a process of growing. You know, in the same way that uh, this guy, Jigoro, uh, how am I saying, Kano, uh, he wanted to die a student. You know, the goal for us is actually to remain students, to remain disciples rather than to achieve guru status. It was almost that guru status, that expert in the room can actually stop us from growing, right? Just we, we feel like we have to have it all together, and so we, uh, we lose our place of being uh, teachable. So we want to remain students. We want to remain disciples. But, you know, it's really important that we have to deal with uh, one of the biggest things that gets in the way of our teachability. Well, it's kind of a, the lack of humility, or it's really the word pride. Yeah, this pride, this sense of shame, it keeps us from transparency, it keeps us from being able to be vulnerable about our areas of weakness, things that we need to grow in, you know? And it's and so how do we deal with it? You know, we can spend all day talking about dealing with our shame and where it comes from and all that type of thing. And we have talked about that before, and I'm sure it's something we'll talk about. Again, one of the best ways uh, to deal with it, one of the best steps that we can take is to pull ourselves out of isolation and to get back in class, get back amongst others who are growing in the faith engaging and pursuing in the kingdom and becoming greater disciples looking more and more like Christ day by day. You know, I was uh, reminded about a time when I was in a, a discipleship group uh, amongst some other uh, guys and uh, you know, we were talking about different areas, different, you know, every you know, week or couple weeks or so, we, we talked about different uh, things of life that we needed to grow in. And I'd been in this discipleship group for quite some time and uh, we had come to, to talking about a certain area. I, I, I kind of was a little bit mature, more mature than some than the rest of the group. I was a little. I was actually. I'd, I'd find myself. Um, I'd kind of grown up a little bit more in this area. So we're talking about something that seems to me a little bit uh, elementary, you know. And I remember while we're talking about this topic, I kind of said something that. You know, alluded to the fact that I, I was kind of wasting my time being there because I kind of matured past it, you know. It was interesting, uh, the, the guy who was facilitating, the mentor of mine facilitating this group, he said, you know, Noah, this isn't really just about you. <laughs> he said, this is really about how we can all grow together in some areas, you know, you can contribute in. Some areas you can uh, be a helper to others. You can share some of your life experience in. But I'm sure there's other areas that others can contribute in to support me and help me. Isn't that the truth? That sometimes, you know, uh, and, and I appreciate that conversation that I had because it kept me humble. It kept me humble that, you know what, that I hadn't completely matured out of this uh, being a disciple. And if there was some area that I felt like, you know, that maybe I was a little bit more mature, I have grown in some area, well, I can actually there, in that one area, be more of a support and be more of an encouragement in that area. You know, it's important that we never allow ourselves to, to graduate from being a disciple. 
It's important that we never uh, want to become someone, become the guru or the learned person or the expert in the world, but that we always remain teachable. And in the, the right opportunities, we can encourage and support, sharing our experience as well, and others can learn from it, and vice versa, we can learn from others as well. It becomes an ongoing process of learning, being a, being a disciple of Christ. And then we need to, number three, we need to do the work of strengthening each other. It's important that we don't just be amongst each other, but we actually do the work of strengthening, challenging one another. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, we have to learn how to trust one another with areas of struggle and weakness in our life. And we have to be, uh, to be vulnerable so that we can allow our areas of weakness Learn areas of dullness to be sharpened, to become better, to become stronger. And that's what this idea of iron sharpening iron, that it won't become sharper by itself. And it won't become uh, sharper by you know having some type of like oil between the two, uh, two ends, but it's actually the two ends, these two uh, pieces of iron coming together and causing friction that causes the sharpening. So what this basically means is that, you know, it's... We talk about it's important to have relationships, but we have to remember that it's not just about having the lovey, dovey, huggy, kissy, back patty, and warm and fuzzy types of relationships all the time. Although those, you know, it's important. Don't get me wrong. It's it's good to affirm. It's good to to give one another hugs. All that's good. It's good to encourage. All that's good. But we also need the relationships that will grow us up. We need the relationships, the iron sharpening the iron that will cause us to mature, to grow, to become better, to become stronger. These are oftentimes called accountable relationships. Have you ever used that word or heard that term, accountable relationships? You know, this isn't, if you've ever been in an accountable relationship, doing the work of challenging, saying the tough things, having the hard conversation, being very honest, being being very uh, vulnerable. You, You realize that one conversation it typically isn't enough. It's, it, it's not like a magic touch, but it's the ongoing, continual conversations, trusted conversations, vulnerability, that that is the work of sharpening. Kind of like what I'm saying is the iron sharpening iron. It's not just one quick little, you know, uh, sh- uh, friction, but it's, it's an ongoing friction. It's moving back and forth over and over and through time. This, this work of, of holding each other accountable, honestly engaging, allowing the challenging and the friction to happen over time, that you become a sharper. Over time, the development happens. Over time, the maturity happens. So if we're willing to take an area of, of our weakness to somebody, to a trusted person, and we're willing to bring this weakness to that person over and over and over again, this continual process of sharpening will have its effect. It will have its impact. I'll give you an example of that. You know, uh, talking about an area of weakness in my in my life. You know, let's just say it's cooking, which is not far from the truth. Uh, you know, let's say uh, a, a, a famous chef invited me to come cook with them. Let's say you know I'm pretty uh, poor when it comes to cooking, not really know much uh, about you know, the kitchen or how to cook or anything. But let's say I spent a couple a couple hours with a chef, you know, and uh, you know, I just kind of was with them and kind of watching the chef cook and we're talking a little bit, you know, uh, 
you know, I guess the question is, is that do you think that after a couple hours of being with this top chef, all of a sudden I'd be a good cook? Knowing me, probably not. Probably I would have been overwhelmed by the experience. I probably would have just tried to stay out of the person's, in the chef's way. I probably would have cut a couple of vegetables, you know, and tried not to cut myself, you know, the nuts. That's probably would have been my experience. But if I was invited to go to that chef and be with him a couple of days a week and a couple of, for a couple of hours, over the course of six months, I think that you and I would be really surprised if my skills in cooking hadn't dramatically increased. Now, I probably wouldn't have become uh, the chef. I probably wouldn't have become the guru as good as him. Maybe that's not really the purpose, but it really was to develop or to grow in an area of weakness. Now, what I'm talking about is a skill, right? Whether it comes to cooking or whether it comes to you know, doing things around the house. Or, but there's also these things of character that we can grow in if we bring our weaknesses to other people. You know, and it's important, you know, and what I'm talking about is the, the, the potential to get together with a professional, you know. And, and for these areas of character, it might be important for us to get together with professionals. Some of us, we have some area of our life that we need to deal with. We need to meet with a pastor. We need to meet with a therapist. Uh, you know, we meet, need to meet with a professional life coach or something to kind of talk about this area. But you know what, when it comes to the area of cooking, I probably don't need a top chef to show me a few things. I can just find someone who's just maybe a little bit better, has something uh, to, to show me. The same is true of the character and the struggles of our life. We don't necessarily need to go to professionals, but we need to find trusted friends, peers, peers that we can bring our struggle, our, our, our issues with, and, and to come into it with honesty and to have peer processing. Processing these struggles, these weaknesses, that's where the iron begins to sharpen the iron. And both will gain from these types of uh, authentic conversations. So bettering, growing, discipling, becoming better requires partnering. Bettering requires partnering. Just like every good pitcher needs a catcher, right? Every good dancer needs a dance partner. And every good disciple needs to be amongst other disciples, working together, challenging each other, growing together. So we have to be able and willing to take a very difficult but very humble step, and that's to create a connection with somebody that we can be honest with, be vulnerable with. This is not something that we talk about, we can shout from the rooftops. We're talking about areas of weakness in our life. You know, I was talking with some of the men in the men's ministry, and they've already been uh, kind of a step ahead of us in this, where uh, on one of the last men's ministry conversations, they began to partner up and to make connections and to talk about how to support one another. You know, they're, what they're doing is they are doing the work of making connections. And each one of us needs to do that. We need to make connections with other people that we can be, uh, we can share with and be vulnerable with. It, so it's going to take a humble step. This is the hardest one. The first humble step is to make that phone call. Send that email. Send that text. And reach out to somebody and say, hey, can we talk? Can we have an honest and vulnerable conversation? You know, I've got an area of weakness. I need to let me work on it. I need to grow in this area. You see, accountability is having these very honest conversations. When it comes to the health of your life, the health of our life is very important. When it comes to relationships in our life, these are very important. When it comes to our financial health, our spiritual health, our physical health, our mental health, 
these, these, these things are very important. They're too important for us to leave by the wayside or to hide. They're, they're, they're too important. We need to do the work of strengthening them, strengthening them growing them, because our, our, our finances, our, our, our relationships, our, our spirituality, our physical health, and mental health, all these things are very important for us to continue to be developing and growing. And we need people to kind of help us, to, to come alongside us, to support us, to sharpen one another so that we can work through our shortcomings together in community. Well, uh, I'd like to invite you at this point in time to uh, take communion with me. It is Communion Sunday. And I was just thinking about, uh, you know, the, the Last Supper. And it was done with disciples. It was done in community. It was done in friendship and in relationship. And doing the work of uh, taking communion, considering our ways, repenting, you know, it was modeled for us to be done in community. I think that's the way the Lord wants it. He wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be open. He wants us to be sharing sharing our struggles with uh, other people. And this is the way that we, we grow. You know, it just reminds me of when I was uh, a, a brand new Christian, you know, and uh, going to the altar. And the way they did it was to bring somebody with me. I remember going to the altar, you know, praying and walking up there with somebody, you know, tears coming down and praying for one another. And I feel like that's what we can do. We need to be, to, to, to be reminded of that moment, to take one another to the altar together. Take one another to Jesus, praying and repenting together. That's what communion is about, about and for us doing it together. So I invite you to take your communion elements. Uh, I, I have the, the bread and the cup with me this morning. So let me read this for you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take the bread together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that your brokenness was made for our healing and our, our wholeness. God, we thank you that each one of us, though we are, uh, that we are broken, that we are not perfect, that you have given us relationship with you who is perfect, who is whole, who is, uh, who is righteous. Lord, that this would be an exchange that because you were willing to be made broken, that it would be made for our healing and our growth and our wholeness and our being perfected. That our relationship with the one who is perfected would be so that we can be, um, that we can be more like you. And then let's take the cup together. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. So Jesus, we thank you for the blood that was shed, that it would be for uh, the forgiveness of our sins, that we would uh, be washed of our iniquities, our transgressions, uh, that you would uh, now see us through the lens of righteousness because of the blood that was shed for us. So Lord, we ask that you that you purify us, that you would uh, wash us clean, uh, that uh, we wouldn't continue to uh, need to hide our shortcomings. We wouldn't need to hide our filth. Uh, we wouldn't need to hide our, our, our weaknesses, but that we can be cleansed and we can be made new. God, you see us in the image uh, of Christ, and you see us uh, in, in, in who you have called us to be. So, Lord God, we just pray that for each one of us, Lord, that we would be able to apply this message 
knowing that we can come to the altar uh, with one another, supporting one another, encouraging one another to become who you have called us to be. So God, help us, Lord God, where there's a temptation to sometimes um, want to act or hide or want to kind of sort of be the expert in the room. Help us to realize this is the, the mindset of a Pharisee. But all of us, we need to become uh, humble and to be disciples to be learning and to be growing together in community. Lord God, we thank you so much for all that you've done in our life. Continue to do great things in our church. And Lord God, I want to just uh, close this time and just pray for our nation. Uh, I want to pray for uh, the elections. God, we want to con continue to pray for our president and we want to pray for uh, all, uh, all the leadership, local leadership, state leadership. Lord God, God, we ask uh, for your hand. God, we ask for people to be influenced by your word, God, your principles and your ways, no matter uh, what political line um, they are on. God, we ask that people would seek you. It says in your word that they would find wisdom that they uh, looked for, that they sought for, and that you would give them wisdom. So God, we pray that you would lead our leaders. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everyone. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you soon.